Welcome to the Recruiting Stories Podcast, where we celebrate recruiting by exploring the stories of leaders and top performers by digging into their stories and understanding how recruiting has impacted their journey and their success. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Recruiting Stories Podcast. I'm thrilled to have our guest this month, uh, Johnny Quinn. Johnny, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, so Johnny uh, is... Guys, he's a former NFL player. Uh, he's an Olympian in the sport of bobsled, uh, keynote speaker, best-selling author, entrepreneur, most importantly, uh, husband and father. We were talking a little bit about that offline here um, and uh, and thrilled to have him. Johnny's also, he's exciting for me to talk to. Um, we, we share a few things in common here um, and, uh, you know, specifically on the sports side, uh, we both played college football. We both did bobsled, but Johnny was a way more successful both football and bobsledder than I was. So I'm uh, excited to hear from him <laughs> today and a little bit about his story. So you guys might know Johnny actually from his viral Great Escape uh, from the Sochi Olympics, breaking down bathroom. Johnny, would you mind walking us through a little bit about just Sochi and then how you broke out there and uh, you know how that's expanded into to where you are today? Yeah, it was too funny. I was in the Olympics 2014 over in Sochi, Russia, and I was in the Olympic Village. And Adrian, I got stuck in my bathroom. I could not get out of my bathroom <laughs> in the Olympic Village. And so I, I, I you know, broke down this door. I took a picture. Uh, I put it on social media and it went crazy. 28,000 mm-hmm. retweets seen by an wow. estimated 10 million people around the world. I mean, it just went nuts. So who knew a door in Russia would have created so much excitement. I should have kept some of the door. I, di- I didn't know. You should have. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and Who knew? what's crazy about that is, you know, like, I feel like obviously social media was big at that time, but I don't feel like we knew how big social media was. And it's yeah. only just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and I, was that like an eye opener to you that something could just have that much reach so quickly? Yeah, it really was. I mean, I picked up 20,000 followers in 24 hours. And, you know, my, my phone battery was just going insane. It, it, I mean, it was it was just going crazy. And here's what I thought what was so interesting. When I was named to the Olympic team, I thought all these endorsement deals were going to start coming in. None came in. When I broke down the, the door in Russia and I picked up all these social media followers overnight, the next day I had an endorsement deal on the table from McDonald's. They wanted wow. to tweet from my account during the Olympic Games. And so we did a five-tweet deal. And uh, just kind of funny to see uh, what really brings in, in in the money. Well, yeah, right. It, it seems like it's almost more about influence, uh, for instance, sometimes that it might be, it would feel like credibility of having made the Olympic team. Uh, in some yeah. Way. So that's, yeah, you're spot on. Well, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, Olympics real quick, and then I want to drive into your recruiting stories. Um, obviously, uh, we've got Beijing this year. Um, yeah. Anything you think we should watch for? Um, your thoughts on kind of what's going on with, with China this year? Any athletes to keep an eye on? Yeah, you know, I, I'm a little biased, but we, we need to keep our eyes and ears on Team USA bobsled, right? I mean, the women are just cleaning up shop on the World Cup circuit. Uh, a, a lot of miles Taylor, who had a chance to compete with um, in the 2014 games, we were teammates. She won the overall Women's World Cup title in the two-man and the mono bob. Mm-hmm. And then Kaylee Humphreys, who she's been with right. Team Canada for the last you know three Olympics, so she moves over to Team USA. So I, I, I think Team USA women are going to go one-two in the Olympic Games, which will be huge. 
Yeah, and they've got two new, you know, rookie brakemen on there. You know, the alternates, Asia Evans, who she, she's got a silver medal in her bag from 2014. Um, so our women's team is extremely strong. And then the men's team, I'm excited for USA 1. You know, they, they won uh, a bronze in Winterberg last week, and they had the fastest push times. And so they are really starting to gel at the right time. So uh, eyes and ears are going to be on Team USA, Bob Sled. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm excited to see. I feel like the women's team, like you said, is is just absolutely stacked. And, you know, stacked. like, you know, any time with Team USA, there's just, and what I remember for winning with my experience, getting to keep compete on the uh, Ameriscus Cup um, circuit there, I was just shocked at the level of athlete, like from all yeah. corners of the country, like, you you couldn't be a slouch at all. I mean, you you were competing against the best of the best athletes, not just uh, obviously in Bobsett, but just pure athletes, which was right to me. So, well, cool, very good. Well, um, obviously, a lot lot to think about here with uh, Olympics. I I love it because after football's over, there's normally kind of a letdown for me, and I'm kind of like, all right, what do I watch for a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's helpful, but let's let's talk a little bit about your recruiting story. So, you know, really on on this podcast, we like to talk with leaders and top performers about how recruiting impacted their journey, their success, their story. Um, and, you know, for you, I know, just like in, for me in many ways, you know, sports was kind of this conduit, this vehicle that opened up a lot of doors for you uh, in life. Can you kind of step back to even like high school and what got you started on your journey into sports and kind of how where, where it led you today? Yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, I, I, I was just attracted to sports. Sports came, when I say easy, just a, a lot of hand-eye coordination. So I enjoyed it. And I knew, Adrian, I wanted to go pro. Uh, but I didn't know pro in what until I got a little bit older, started playing football in seventh grade. And, and that was it. I'm like, I want to be a professional football player. But I realized at a young age, when you have a, a big goal like that, you can't sit back and hope that it happens. You have to actively pursue it. And Adrian, my, my recruiting story really picks up my uh, senior year in high school. I, I didn't really do much my junior year. We had a running back who, who was a phenomenal player. He went on to um, lead the state of Texas in rushing. He went to the University of Oklahoma. He won Texas High School Player of the Year. So, you know, my junior year was just blocking downfield for him. And, and we had a great season. But when it came to recruiting, I had nothing. I, I was even honorable mention all district. And so here I am with this NFL dream. I'm a junior in high school with nothing. And so I'm going into my senior year thinking, oh my gosh, I, I you know, no stats, no film. I, I want to go pro. I, I, I got to figure out a way to make some plays. And my senior year in high school, Adrian, I led the entire state of Texas in receptions. I finished second in receiving touchdowns. And so I finally had what all the, 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 the college gurus and the scouts said you need. I had the film and I had the awards. I got right. selected to first team All-State. They only named two wide receivers. I was one of them. So I finally had all the data and all the accolades. But Adrian, I had no offers. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was, you know, my recruiting story, I was so confused mm -hmm. Because I had what all the experts said I needed, mm -hmm. and I had zero scholarship offers until two days before signing day. Wow. I had my first uh, offer come in from the University of North Texas, my first Division I offer, uh, which was right in my backyard, about 30 minutes from where I grew up. And so I couldn't turn that down. And uh, it, was an, 
it was an interesting journey for me through the recruiting ranks. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So you said, all right, um, you know, kind of final hour, uh, I get the opportunity to jump in with, with North Texas. And yeah, I know my story that certainly uh, resonates, bring back some, some good and bad memories, both. Right. I know it's like, Oh man, I feel like I'm being overlooked here. And right. Run fast and I can jump high. I can do these things. I'm not, not getting the looks uh, I get, but, you got an offer, right? So you did get that offer. Tell me uh, a little bit about what that process, was there a coach that said, you know, Hey, that, that made the difference or it was just like, you know, North Texas is close to home. So I want to be there. What made the difference for you going there rather than saying, Hey, I'm going to try anywhere else and walk on somewhere. Bigger. Right. 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 Well, if North Texas didn't come in with an offer, I was set to walk on at Texas tech, um, both North Texas and Texas tech brought me in for official visits. Mm-hmm. But at the end of an official visit, when the head coach normally offers a scholarship, mm-hmm. they both offered me a walk-on opportunity. Mm-hmm. So North Texas did the same thing. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't have confirmation of this, but I, I guess maybe one of the receivers turned down North Texas. So that opened up a, a spot mm-hmm. for me. And, and I just couldn't turn down a full scholarship uh, in my backyard. But had they have not, had, had nobody have offered um, I, my original plan was to walk on to Texas Tech because Wes Welker just graduated. It kind of fit that mold of that style of wide receiver. So I saw that opportunity. But, you know, he, here's what's funny, Adrian, looking back now. Um, was I frustrated? Absolutely. Because I had the stats and I had the awards. But sometimes all you need in life is one opportunity. Absolutely. I don't care how you get it, but just one opportunity. And now looking back, going to the University of North Texas was the best thing for me because although my scholarship was in football, Adrian, I earned a degree in pre-law. I also walked onto the track and field team. So I ran four years of division one track. So I was a dual sport athlete in college and it really set the tone for my journey into the professional football, but then also into Olympic bobsledding. Mm. And and I was going to say, you know, from what I know about your story, and feel free to elaborate is, you know, that step going on to the North Texas football team, the track team, getting your degree there, you had a ton of success, right? Broke records, um, some of which uh, I may, may still stand today even. Um, and you took advantage of that opportunity and and you ran with it all the way into uh, the NFL and then in, in, into Boston. So tell me a little bit about that story of how you went from, okay, I'm going to take this, even though, you know, maybe I wanted to go to the the big, big school, I'm going to rock and roll where I'm at and how that led into an opportunity in the NFL. Right, right. Well, you know, when I got on campus as a, as a, you know, undersized student athlete, my freshman year in college, here's what I realized. I had an opportunity. Doesn't matter how you get there. I was there. And so one of the first things I did early on, and I still do this now, and it just, it's, I'm in a different industry, is I looked at the record book. I wanted to know who set the records, right? What are the receiving records, yardages, touchdowns, um, you know, receptions. And so I had a visual, I had a target of where I wanted to go. And so my senior year, I broke um, the, the reception record. I broke the uh, uh, yardage record and I finished second in touchdown. So I went one, one, two. Um, and, and, you know, one of those records held for five years. The other one just got broke 20 years later. Right. So what what was so interesting is that, is that I I had, I started with the end in mind. And I think there's some, you know, some wisdom in that is I knew the direction I wanted to go and, and, and that's what I was going after. And so even when I was getting ready for the NFL draft, you know, 
my agent called and said, Johnny, I've got some great news. I think you're going to get drafted. I said, agent, that's some good news. He goes, Johnny, you were in the top 10 in career receptions, career yards, career touchdowns. And so he goes, we looked at the previous nine NFL drafts and they're drafting somewhere between 28 and 32 wide receivers. So Adrian, here I am again, right? I, I tore it up in college. My production says I'm in the top 10. The, the last nine NFL drafts, they're taking between 28 to 32 wide receivers. I, you know, you really don't need to be a math whiz mm-hmm. to understand that, okay, hey, hurry up draft day. Who's going to give me a chance? And Adrian, when the NFL draft came, 30... Five wide receivers were drafted and I was not one of them. Mm-hmm. So, so here we go again. Mm-hmm. I've got the production. I've got the stats. Right. I've got the accolades. And nothing comes in yeah. from, an, from a, a drafted standpoint. Now, shortly after the draft, I signed my first NFL contract with the Buffalo Bills. But I, I remember signing that, Adrian. And here, here's what I remember thinking. Huh, I've been in this spot before. Mm-hmm. where we've got some doubters yep. that, okay, it didn't you know, go the way I thought it was going to go, but I have an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you know, I want our listeners to think about is, is let's find a way to create an opportunity. Mm, that's one. I love that idea of that mindset of just what's your opportunity and taking advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. Sometimes all, all you need is just that, that window, right? Just you yeah. get that window of opportunity. Um, that's your chance. And you might fail at it, right? But- right. Right, uh, right. Might succeed, and uh, you're a shining example of, um, hey, I'm going to take it, and I'm going to run with it, and I'm going to uh, show people that I'm, I'm capable of that. Well, it's um, funny you say that because it, it, you know, in high school it worked, in college it worked, and so here I am, you know, entering professional football with the kind of that same mentality. Okay, we're, you know, we're going to put the work in. I've got the opportunity, but Adrian, it did not work in professional football because yeah. I got cut, yeah. and then I go to the Green Bay Packers. And then I get cut. Then I go to the Canadian Football League. I blow out my knee and get cut. So now I'm having a little bit of crisis management because I'm thinking, well, well, wait, wait a second. You know, I've been here before. You work hard. You show up early. You work hard. You stay late. Right. That's the formula. That's the flow. And it didn't work this time because I got cut. Right. And so, so here I am, 26 years old. My first, you know, career as a pro football player was an absolute train wreck. I was right. cut three times. I lost $2.6 million and I blew out my knee. So I'm thinking, uh, uh-oh, yeah. you know, uh-oh, life's not going the way I thought it was going to go. Sure. Yeah. And then I had an opportunity, mm-hmm. right? An unexpected opportunity where bobsledding came on my map. They, since there's no NCAA, you know this, since there's mm-hmm. no college-level bobsledding, yeah. they, they recruit from typically football and track and field. There's some other sports in there, but those are yeah. kind of the main two. And so I'm kind of back in that same mode. Wow, you know, I live in Texas. We don't really get any snow. I, I don't have any skills bobsledding. Can I pick something up new? Am I available for an unexpected opportunity, I said yes. And then four years later, I became a United States Olympian. That's amazing. It's amazing. Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, was there, was there a, like a teammate that said, hey, you know, um, I'm trying out for Bob said, was there a coach that randomly with an agent that, that reached out? What was that process like for you to help you say, hey, I'm going to go try out this Bob said uh, thing? And what, what made the difference for you to say, that's an opportunity that I'm interested in? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when, when I, when I got cut the third time and blew up my knee, I realized I looked like damaged goods on paper to general managers. I mean, the football door has shut at that point. Yep. And so I, I realized that door is closed, but I felt like, I, I felt like Adrian, I still had something left in the tank. Mm-hmm. But 
what, where can I, you know, channel that? Yeah. And some things started to line up. My, my mom, her coworker hmm. was a Bob Slutter back in the day. Wow. My agent represented a Bob Slutter back in the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. So some, some you know, paths started to cross where I was like, huh, you know, maybe we should try this out. And so I sent some of my film to the Olympic Training Center That's of me sprinting. Yeah, and they said, "Hey, why don't you come out here in a couple months, push a bobsled around, see if you like it?" And so I said, "Okay," but I was still kind of holding on to that football hope that maybe my agent, you know, yeah, will find yeah. something. So I was like, "Well, if my yeah. yeah, if my agent calls, I'm out of here," you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, true story, Adrian, uh, a month before I'm supposed to go, you know, try out bobsled, I get a call from one of the drivers, and he's like, "Hey, one of my guys has showed up overweight. Do you want to come up now?" and compete in the U.S. four-man team trials. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, when's the race? And he goes, it's in two days. I said, two days, man. I've never pushed a bobsled in my life. He's like, Johnny, all you have to do is get in the sled. And so, Adrian, true story. I fly in the night before team trials to the Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, New York. My first time ever on ice was at the U.S. four-man team trials. And we took third place. That's that was my intro to bobsled. That's awesome. Uh, it's hard to explain uh, to people when I get asked about uh, what's riding a bobsled like. I say, you know, it's like uh, getting in spandex, wearing spiky shoes, and wrapping yourself another man and running down a <laughs> Yeah, that's what that's what it's like. Right. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah, for sure. That's cool, man. Well, um, okay, so. What I love about your story, Johnny, is one, your mindset um, makes all the difference about taking um, that opportunity that you have making the most of it. I also love yeah. that there's a few little pieces um, that made all the difference too, right? Um, somebody at North Texas, whether that was just the offer, just believing in you to say, hey, you know what, uh, let's, let's, let's give Johnny the scholarship here. Let's, let's give him a chance. That one chance turned into a ton of success. Somebody right. saying, hey, you know what? Uh, I think Johnny would be good at pushing a bobsled. And you saying, hey, you know what? I think that's something that I'm interested in. Um, from maybe what felt like random um, places coming into your life, pivoted your career into right. a direction to where you became an Olympian, which I think yeah. is incredible. Um, talk to me about coming out of that, right? Going into the Olympics, right? And then, you know, you talked about Sochi earlier social media, you know, phenomenon, uh, all that goes dark. And now, now what, right now I'm an entrepreneur, right? You've written a best-selling book. You speak all over the country. Tell me a little bit about that process. Um, and now you hire people as well. So tell me, I guess, how it led from that sports to business uh, and maybe what your concept is on both business and, and recruiting and life from there. Right, right. Yeah, good questions, Adrian. You know, when I when I got cut the first time from the NFL, that, that was a, Adrian, that really knocked me down because, and, and we know this growing up as athletes because you hear it all the time is, oh, make sure you have a plan B or, you know, one yeah. day sports are going to end. And, and it does. It ends for everybody. But kind of, you know, when you're in playing sports, you're like, yeah, 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 I get right. that. But when I got cut the first time, I, that was a, a, a kind of like just a hard stop saying, you know what? 
this is truthful. I've got to make sure that I, I, I can do something outside of sports. Right. And so I, I started speaking in the off season. And then it wasn't until I became an Olympian, was able to kind of pivot that and, and, and do it full time. But he, here's what I, I learned this in sports. And, I, and, and this is my mentality in business. Adrian, I have a bias towards action. Mm-hmm. It, I might be, things might be uncertain. Things might be uncomfortable. I might not be able to see my next step. But I, I have a bias towards action. And that has really helped me out because here's what, I, here's what I really thought was going to happen. I thought I was going to play a long, long time in the NFL, have a really long career, make a bunch of money, and then retire. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I don't have a lot of book smart, but I have a lot of common sense. So I wouldn't have blown all that money. But, but here's, here's what would have happened. Had I have done that, um, I, I would... I would not be the man I am today because I didn't have those necessary setbacks to help springboard me forward. Because, you know, here I go from the NFL to the CFL to Olympic bobsledding. Now I'm a keynote speaker. I own an insurance agency and wrote a book. A, that's a random conglomerate of, of things, right? And, and I, would, I would say our listeners, sometimes, you know, you get to a spot where you're like, how am I even here? I wouldn't even, I didn't even think, of, you know, I'd be yeah. in this position. But I have this bias towards action mm-hmm. because I understand that the, the, the seeds I plant today will reap a harvest tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it can be either a good harvest, right. and this is where people miss this, Adrian, or it will be a, it will be a barren nothing. Right. And so, so what that does is it helps me stack up these days of being consistent of yeah. what I, James Clear likes to call, wrote the book, Atomic Habits. I just, I just want to get 1% better every day. Doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether it's in sport, whether it's in business, whether it's whatever. Can I get one percent better? Because yeah. I can manage that. And when you do that over time, things really start to happen. And that was going to be a question I had for you, right? Is that bias word actually that sounds big and that sounds grand and that sounds exciting? What would you say to someone who is on the I haven't taken a step yet side of things? Yeah. I mean, like I'm scared because I might fail, right? And I'm scared of failing because I don't want to look bad. I don't want to fail, you know, money, whatever the thing is. What would would you say to them? Yeah. So I think we need to adjust that framework a little bit. Look, nobody likes failing. Nobody wants to. Nobody likes suffering. Um, It is a necessary part of life. I think if we understand that we can embrace failure to springboard us forward, understand that's a possibility. The other thing is, look, we don't want to go out there and make a decision that is rushed and rash. But what we want to do is we want to do our due diligence. We want to gather as much information as we can. And then we make the best possible decision for that moment. Mm -hmm. And then we do the same thing tomorrow. So to the person who maybe has that thought process is we do need to adjust that framework. Um, And and the other thing I might tell them is, uh, and I speak about this in a lot of my keynotes, is let's borrow wisdom from men and women who have Mm -hmm. gone before us. And so, for example, when I got to the Olympic Training Center, while I was Olympic hopeful and not an Olympian yet, I would borrow wisdom from current Olympians, from yes. Olympic medalists. I'd watch what lifts they were doing. I'd watch when they'd eat. I'd watch what you know food they were eating, what food they would not take from the cafeteria. It's the same thing in business. Mm-hmm. Right? I look at speakers who are you know further down the road. How is their website designed? They've got, a, they've got 10 books out. I've got one. So yeah. what it does is it gives me that guidance to take that step when it feels a little bit murky. I love that. I think 
you know, obviously don't fail for failing's sake, right? Yeah. The idea of using someone who's ahead of you in the game of the template, I think is so important. I mean, I, I tell people that on the recruiting side all the time is, you know, um, tell me a little bit about your goals. And once they tell me, I'm like, all right, go find someone who is where you want to be um, yeah. and, and figure out how they got there, right? What was yeah. their process? What was their steps? And you may not be exactly like them, but I bet you they have a process that you could mimic to some degree that would right. help you um, get to where you're wanting to go as well. So I love Spot that. On. That's good. That's good. Well, okay. So um, for you, um, tell everybody a little bit about um, what you have going on today. Um, obviously, you do a keynote speaking, right? Um, I know that you have a best-selling book uh, that's out there as well, um, and probably a couple of other things out there. Someone wants to kind of get in touch with you about that or, um, you know, invite you to speak. Um, what, what do they need to do there? Yeah. So uh, my website is johnnyquenusa.com. And then all my social media handles are at johnnyquenusa. So if you're, if you're on social media with most, most people are, let's connect there. Um, if, if you've enjoyed this, this podcast, this interview here, I'd encourage you to go to my website, johnnyquenusa.com, and then click on articles. I've written a few articles around my daily routine. I've got a morning routine. I've got an evening routine. I've got how to read 30 books in a year. I've got a TEDx talk out on understanding the Olympic mindset. So I think it's important that we get good, healthy uh, content in front of people that that want more. So um, I've got everything listed on my website, johnnyquinnusa.com. And while you're there, I've got a think guide. I've put together some of the best books, some of the best blogs, and some of the best podcasts that I mentally use to prepare for the Olympics and what I use every single day in business. And so you can download that for free. It's all at my website. My articles are free. My Think God are free. You can download that, uh, johnnyquenusa.com. That's good. I, I appreciate that as someone who's been a competitor and then now in business myself. I had a coach once tell me, uh, you know, in, in, in college, he would always say garbage in, garbage out, right? And what he was trying to say was, hey, uh, if you intake bad things, you will get out a bad performance. It's so intake good things. Um, and right, so right. Uh, things like uh, Johnny's information here you can vouch for the TED Talk. Uh, it's great quality content there as well. Thanks. Wrapping up here. Yeah, of course. A couple questions I would like to ask yeah. um, every guest here at the end is, um, one is what advice would you give yourself, uh, give your 20-year-old self? Um, and we've got everybody from executives in the transportation industry to people just starting out their career uh, to recruiting um, company owners and firms. But I think it's so interesting. I want to like learn from people um, and kind of see where they came from to where they are now. What advice would you give yourself or your 20-year-old self? Yeah, so I was always, and I still am today, a lead by example. So for for example, um, when I was in college, 20 years old, right, I'm in college, uh, we could lift in the weight room between 6 a.m. and 2 p.m. before practice. I chose to lift at 5.30 in the morning because I wanted to be the first one in the weight room. If Going back now, um, that was a, a great thing to do to lead by example. I do wish I would have been more vocal, Adrian. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought, well, as long as I'm leading by example and people see that I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm the first one in the weight room, which I was, or, you know, at the end of practice, even though I'm a starter and I've been a four-year starter, uh, I'm trying to win every gasser during condition conditioning. I, I never took those off. I didn't take any playoff. Yeah. Um, I do wish I would have been more vocal, right? Maybe called people out. Mm-hmm. I just thought, 
well, I'm going to lead by example and they'll see my, my uh, work on the field, which they did. And that's a great position right. to be, but that would be one thing I changed. I would have been more vocal. I love that. I think it speaks to uh, accountability and people respecting yeah. uh, that, that leadership, which is great. That's good. Yeah. And then uh, the last question I'd like to ask is what books would you recommend uh, that have been influential on your journey? Is there a book or you know a couple books in the past few years that you've read that have been impactful to you? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. And 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 not to give a spoiler alert, but if you download my think guide, johnnyquinusa.com slash think, you're going to get my top 10. So I'm going to give you three, but if you want to see my top 10, uh, it's there. There's been a, a, a few that have just really been game changers for me. Atomic Habits by James Clear, I thought was fantastic. That's a great book. Um, the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by mm-hmm. John Mark Comer. That was a game changer. And then... Um, uh, Living for Eternity by John Bevere. That one will will rock your socks off. But uh, those those are three that if if our listeners haven't uh, consumed those, go get those. Those are my top three. Now you've got seven left to see on my uh, my top ten guide. You got, you got a teaser there, right? That's there true. you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can speak to the ruthless elimination of hurry. I've read that one. It is it is very good and really helped me as a as a achiever personality. Um, yeah. as a goal, um, you know, setting type of personality, it makes you rethink that, um, you know, kind of where you're going and why, um, and how to go about that. Um, so, uh, definitely can speak to that. Uh, very, very good. So, well, Johnny, thank you so much for being on. We appreciate it. Uh, I know that, uh, the listeners will appreciate it as well. Guys, make sure that you connect with Johnny on social media you've got questions for him, feel free to reach out. Uh, he's pretty interactive and obviously gracious. Got to be on our uh, uh, podcast as well. And uh, go Team USA, all right? Thanks, Adrian. Thanks for having me on. Yep, bye. Thanks for listening to the Recruiting Stories podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Check us out on LinkedIn, Adrian Chapman, and Cover 3 Consulting is our company page. Uh, also check out our website, www.cov3consulting.com. Again, thanks for joining us. And we just simply want to remind you that you can change the world by putting people in a position where they can do the most good. And you do that by recruiting. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.